fail. Are you listening? Damn. Welcome to Power and Strength Radio with Thomas Benz, the ethos of strength. Here we explore the dynamic between physical, spiritual, relational, and mental emotional strength so that you can build your resiliency or your bounce so that you express the most powerful version of yourself. episode, we have a fun and interesting conversation with Christian Stricker. Christian is a strength and conditioning coach, as well as a CrossFit coach. He has a unique approach to strength training, as well as helping people see the importance of strength generally and specifically. During this conversation, we dive into some of his methods and approaches to getting people strong and why he believes that strength helps with so much of life. We finish with his best advice on starting a training program and why a quality coach is essential. This strong and fun conversation will lift your mind and spirit. Hey everybody, it's T, the ethos of strength. Welcome back to another episode of Power and Strength Radio. You know, we got a, we got a neat guest on the show today. I have had the opportunity of watching this young man kind of grow in the fitness space over the last couple of years. And we've connected through some events that we've been a part of uh, in the last couple of years uh, with respect to kettlebells and, and some of the stuff that we do on that side of the house. So I'm excited today to have Christian Stricker on the show today. How are you doing today, Christian? Amazing. Amazing, yeah. man. This, this guy, I just, he's super mellow uh, and it's cool to just see him smile and just listen to him laugh. And we were having a neat little conversation uh, before the show started. So I'm super excited to have Christian on the show today. And one of the things that we do here at Power and Strength Radio, when we started out, it was the idea was to connect people to who I felt were ordinarily extraordinary. And, and when I say ordinarily, I don't mean, you know, run of the mill and mundane by any stretch of the imagination. I'm talking about people who are amazing people, but we live around them. And a lot of times what happens is uh, familiarity can breed contempt and, and we miss sometimes the beauty around us. And what we wanted to do on Power and Strength Radio is allow people to connect with some of these amazing people. And Christian is definitely one of those people in the in the fitness space, especially with regards to strength and conditioning. Uh, as we were talking before the show, one of the things that really attracts me to Christian is watching him kind of compete in the TSC and the elite division. Uh, I watched this guy, you know, strap on a 20 pound kettlebell and just bang out like 20 pull-ups like it was no big deal. And he told me today he weighs like 195 pounds. Is that it? Yeah. About 195. Yep. Now. And if you get on his Instagram page, I mean, 195 pounds. And, and I think he's actually been lighter. I think I've actually seen him lighter and he pulls amazing deadlifts. I and mean, when I say amazing deadlifts, I'm not talking 300 pounds. I'm talking over 600 pounds. So he's, he's a really interesting cat. He's got this amazing uh, relative strength component to him. So we wanted to have him on the show today to talk a little bit about his journey in fitness and what he does as a strength and conditioning coach. So 
enough of my talking. Christian, what's been going on in your day-to-day, man? Training, coaching, uh, reading. I do a lot of reading. What are you, uh, what are you reading? That's, it's funny you mentioned that because that's generally one of the last questions that I ask. But since you brought it up now, what are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a book about, it's about the human genome. And uh, I think it's called A Brief History of Everyone Who Ever Lived. And it's wow. kind of about how different uh, events and things have affected like the human genome as a whole. So like genes and I just got done with a part about how the plague, you know, back in the day, the, yeah. the was the Black Death or yeah, yeah, bubonic plague, bubonic plague, right? Uh, how that has affected uh, how our genes are now because the people that had the strong enough immune systems to survive survived and then passed on those those genes, which made the whole. I think I think what I'm fascinated about by that whole thing, because uh, one of my thought processes is how do we just build resiliency in life? You know, how do we create bounce? And I think now on a genetic level, that speaks to resiliency and that we are capable of being extremely resilient and bounce back organisms. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of yeah, fun. So sure. little light reading, huh? A little <laughs> like the, <laughs> the human genome. It's like, what should I read? I'm going to read stuff on the human genome. Well, that, <laughs> that, that's super, super cool. So, man, I'm, I'm really excited. I know that you're, you're running crazy. Uh, I love the fact that you took time out of your day to come up and, and visit with us. I know a little bit about you. I'm sure that people listening in would love to know more about you. So 30,000 foot view. Who is Christian Stricker? What do you do? And then we'll kind of jump in from there. Uh, well, I mean, I love training. I got into that because, uh, I liked competing. And so it was just a way to always compete because I can compete with myself or with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of makes things fun. Uh, also I got into it too, cause I was kind of like a smaller dude. I mean, I'm not gigantic now, but you know, I was, when I graduated high school, I weighed 125 pounds. Where are you and, from? Uh, over in uh, Tillamook County, a place yeah. called uh, Hebo. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. All right. What sports did you play? Uh, I played football. I wrestled. I played baseball for a little bit. Uh, I went to small school, so I kind of got my my choice of playing a whole bunch of different sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I played uh, golf a little bit, but that was mostly just to get out of school. Because. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really liked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I know I got some golf. I got some golf friends. My my last uh, podcast guest, he's an avid golfer, and uh, you know I just laugh. I'm like, why would I hit the ball and then go look for it? It's like <laughs> I'm lucky I found it. Like put yeah. it in my pocket. Yeah, so, seriously, pretty cool. Uh-huh. All right, all right. Um, and then uh, after high school, what sorts of things did you get into? Did you go to college and play any sports after uh, after high school? Anything like that? No, I, uh, I, I, I think I, if I would have had the confidence now that I have, or I knew how to like train and like, you know, get stronger and, and bigger or whatever, I think I probably would have had more confidence to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wasn't like super confident in high school, partly because of like being smaller when you're going against people in football, you know, like they're substantially bigger than right. someone that weighs 115 pounds. Wow. 115? <laughs> Yeah, well, that that's so. My freshman year, I was uh, 
I think I weighed 98 pounds wow. in my freshman year. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's about, it's like half my size now. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. You've almost doubled in size since, <laughs> since freshman year. Okay. Yeah. So, but you, you did go to college and what did you do in college? Yeah, I went to, to OSU, to Oregon State mm-hmm. University. Uh, and then there's where I kind of got into um, CrossFit just because I had a friend that went into the military and then mm-hmm. he came back, told me about this thing called CrossFit. And he's like, yeah, you should try it out. I think you'd like it. And so ever since then, uh, tried out a bunch of different training styles. Took maybe about a year before I was like, you know, I'll give that thing a try that my friend told me about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and, the CrossFit thing. Yeah, the CrossFit yeah, thing. Yeah, so it took a while before I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. Because I had, you know, a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to do before that. Like mm-hmm. uh, like gymnastics rings. I was trying those out, doing stuff on that. Like right. muscle ups and, and all that. And then it was just like, you know what? I'm just going to try that CrossFit thing out. And then started it up. Uh, started up a garage gym over at OSU with a couple of friends. And... Yeah. Nice, nice. And since we're kind of on the whole the whole CrossFit thing, I, I know that that was some of our meeting many, many years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, when CrossFit really kind of took off. I was here in Central Oregon, so kind of on the initial uh, parts of it kind of growing in Central Oregon, mm-hmm. I was a part of all that, and, and I remember seeing you, and now you're one of the coaches at Oregon CrossFit in Bend, Oregon. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. Yeah. How are you enjoying? How how are you enjoying that role as a as a coach at a CrossFit gym? Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, I think I like the the people mm-hmm. the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting to know a bunch of people because I've met. I mean, everyone that I know pretty much I've met through CrossFit. So I mean, yeah, tons of cool people, all different walks of life, like everything that you can imagine, basically, kind of comes through pretty cool yeah no i i agree i think when when i got into it myself one of the things that was most appealing and drawing to it you know because i came from a sports background i played basketball in high school and college and then i went into police work and so it was always community-based and when i left police work i was still looking for something that was Mm community-based and uh, crossfit gave me that outlet in terms of community so i totally understand what you're saying there and uh and totally dig that uh, 100%. I'm looking at you and one of the things that, you know, you said when you were in high school, you were, you know, a, a slider guy. You're a pretty muscled guy right now. So some fun stuff. I want to, I want to start with some fun things, you know, so, so <laughs> people, right. and, and it's so. kind of been one of those questions that, that I have been asking uh, people on the show when they, when they come and visit. Cause I just, you know, think it's a fun question. If, because you look like you you stay in, in good shape and you eat well. Because I don't think to put on the muscle that you have and to look the way you do, you, you're not eating pizza and burgers and hot dogs and Cheetos all the time, are you? Uh, very seldomly. Very yeah. seldom. Okay. Yeah. I, I like burgers, but normally if I have burgers, it's like because I'll get the burger, but I won't really have anything on it. Like I might put ketchup on it or, or something like that, but I don't have like a, a burger out right. too often. So you eat pretty clean would you say 90 percent of the time you're eating pretty clean oh yeah okay yeah 90 percent of the time like i make my own food and it normally doesn't change too much uh just because i found some stuff that really seems to work well for 
put on muscle. That's awesome. <laughs> and we might touch on that. All right. So if you go off the beaten path, like if you just hanging out with your boys and you're like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going to pay any attention to what I'm eating. What would be a Christian, like, let it all hang out free meal for you? I would say that if I, if I was going to get something, I would get like a bottomless vat of this fried chicken from uh, it's this spicy fried chicken from a place called spork yeah <laughs> it's you, so good you said a bottomless vat yeah it is so it's so good and you can eat like almost an infinite num- infinite amount of it it's just it's great that's awesome everybody else that i've asked the question they talk about a meal or you're like no, I would eat a bottomless vat <laughs> of this fried chicken. It's like, that is that is the best answer ever. Okay, so we know what Christian's free, free meal is. All right, that's a good one. You know, Christian, um, you know, having shared in the, the CrossFit community, and we were kind of talking before uh, the podcast started, uh, you and I, in, in many ways, are kind of a kindred spirit in terms of how we've engaged in... Uh, physical culture, specifically as it you know relates to CrossFit. I think one of the things uh, I ran a CrossFit gym for for many years, mm-hmm. um, but I think I was always kind of an outlier. I was always kind of a hybrid guy because I, I focused a lot on the strength side of the house and got into training competitive strongman athletes and and doing things like mm-hmm. that. And when I look at you and and have seen some of your training it looks like you have migrated to a lot of strength based training for for who you are is mm-hmm. that is that true yeah so you know kind of starting from crossfit and now this evolution into really what i would say is that you're a strength and conditioning coach yeah mm-hmm. what what was the appeal that really kind of took you from being kind of a purist in terms of CrossFit? Yeah, it's definitely purist. Yeah, yeah, to hey, now I'm a, I'm a strength and conditioning coach. What was the big kind of mind shift for you there, saying, "Hey, I, I think physical strength is kind of the game." What was the the thing for you there? Uh, I think there's a lot of different things. I think I noticed that I was like really good at specific things. Mm-hmm. And then I was not very good at a lot of other things, specifically mm-hmm. like, like, you know, deadlifting or, or jumping or, or stuff like that. I think I just have a body type that's really suited for doing those things. Right. Which it's great for those things. But then like other things, like let's say squats or pressing just were, not very good so mm-hmm. i wasn't really competitive at doing stuff like that mm-hmm. and then range of motion too for a lot of things made like competing at that sort of thing pretty difficult yep unless because i could like crush certain things and i get worked at certain things yep. it wasn't like i was in that mid-range of like being pretty good at at most things it's like really good at certain things really not good at the other ones mm-hmm. it's not that not good i think it's just that it was not suited for that and so i was like i like strange stuff more anyways mm-hmm. so it's more fun for me and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a cool like art piece to it too so it's not like you it's not like physics you know you know if you don't throw a ball at a specific velocity mm-hmm. at a certain way 
and it hits something, it's going to do exactly what you do if you can figure out all the factors. Right. Like fitness doesn't work like that. You know, you have to find out certain things that work, certain things that work for you may not work for other people. Right. Vice versa, certain things that work for them may not work for you. And so it's kind of like that element of not knowing exactly what's going to work that kind of keeps it interesting. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, um, in your strength journey, what has been the most interesting thing that you've learned as you have kind of become more of a, a strength specialist? And, and, and if that's not fair, please correct me. Um, I think when I, when I watch you and I look at some of the things that you do athletically, uh, truly it has a, a really large strength based component to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that your specialty in your, and how you train yourself and how you work with a lot of other people is really strength heavy. So in your journey to strength, uh, what have you learned or what's been interesting in your journey? Anything come to mind? Uh, I'd say that the, this, the most interesting, most interesting thing I've learned is that strength is an efficient way to train because it's very transferable to almost everything else. Mm -hmm. Like, I do almost entirely strength-based stuff and I can run like a mile in the mid sixes right now. And that's with zero running, zero conditioning, really. I mean, I do sled drags occasionally, but that's like something I've added in recently. And I just noticed that it just, if you're going to put time into something, it is the thing that sticks with you the longest and you, you put your effort into it. And it doesn't like go away like wad, like doing wads or like specific types of conditioning will go away pretty much as shortly after you uh, stop doing them. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas the strength component really sticks around for uh, even if you stop doing it for a while, it will stick around. So it's like putting your your money into a bank account where it stays versus where it depletes. I, I'll tell you, Christian, that one that one for me has been. Probably one of the things that, that I think is super cool. Uh, a good friend of mine actually just kind of breezed in, into the gym. And, and it's funny that we were on, on that very topic right there because I believe that strength is the master quality. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where I, I live too. I think that many of our p- problems or difficulties in a physical um, arena come from the fact that many of us aren't strong enough. And what I, what I say is if the movement's there, if we don't have a problem with movement, then the master quality to give everyone is physical, physical strength. And yeah. you know, uh, my, my friend that just walked in is like the former 2014 middleweight, uh, strong woman champ. And, uh, she just kind of breezed in and, and I remember kind of having watched her grow and that was the thing is that as she got stronger and stronger and stronger because she could move it was really cool and it translated into a lot of different endeavors and like you said then when i go into something like a wad and crossfit and now i have this massive strength component i can get away with a lot of things that i couldn't get away with if i wasn't if i wasn't strong enough so as a strength coach who also does a lot of CrossFit class coaching. What has been, have there been any challenges for you just maybe from 
a client mindset or an athlete mindset, you know, maybe you're going, hey, I think maybe we need to not do some of the really fun, flashy <laughs> stuff. And we just mm-hmm. need to like meat and potatoes, mm-hmm. get good at that. And then you'll see that this other stuff's easier. Have, have you noticed any challenges like that or anything uh, very similar um, in your experience? Uh, I'm pretty lucky with the the program that we have going because Sean and I think a lot alike. Uh, he's really good at doing the stuff that's best for the clients Absolutely. rather than exactly what they want sometimes, which I think that's probably the biggest uh, the biggest challenge is to get people to realize that the stuff that we're doing is the smart stuff that's going to help them to not get hurt or to get stronger and get better at pretty much all the stuff they want to do. Mm-hmm. versus you know getting into the real the 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 wad wormhole where you just <laughs> got to do wads all the time it's it's all about the the metcon or like yeah it's it's cool it's it's effective and it's fun and it it, it works but it's like i was saying earlier like it goes away as soon as you stop doing it it does make you feel good afterwards and there's definitely uh health benefits to doing it but people put a lot of their focus on that They'll tell me, oh, I, I'm saving myself for the, the wad. I'm like, if that was the most important part, we would do that first. Mm. Like, we would get that done when you, after the warm up. Great like, answer. <laughs> no, that, that is a, that is a great answer. Uh, I, I wish, I wish I'd have heard <laughs> that and said that all the years that I would argue with people about, <laughs> no, we need to do this. Is like, well, if that was the most important thing, that's the thing we'd be doing first. Yeah. But the reason we do it last is because it's, not as critical to uh, to our function. Uh, how how do you overcome? Because even though I, I I hear what you're saying, you got smart programming. You're thinking about it, and most of your people have embraced what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Still, some people are like, mm, I want to do this. How do you deal with people who? Oh, I don't know if. If I want to do that, because I have found over the years, to be honest, sometimes moving heavy things, it scares people. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're just afraid of it. They don't want to, I'm going to get hurt. I don't want to. How do you as a coach deal with people who you know strength is the thing that will fix a lot of their issues, mm-hmm. but maybe they're reluctant? How do you help them see that hey, I, I think in the long run this is going to benefit you. How do how do you approach that as a coach? Uh, normally, I'll just tell people like I'll figure out what their their motivation is, and then I'll explain it in terms of you know what they're motivated to do, like how what we're doing right now is going to affect that. So I mean, it's different on a case by case basis. Absolutely. But if someone's motivated to get better at running, like they're probably going to get better at, at running partially by running but also by getting stronger because they're already running a lot you know that's they have that component of it but they don't have the strength component and so uh if they start working on the strength a lot of times it, it will they'll say they feel better so like their their bodies feel better they'll be faster and they'll be more injury resilient too which is i think a big key with people that run a lot is that there's a lot of injury involved with with that type of thing doing it too much yeah. Without the strength component. Mark Ripito, I think, had a quote. He said that strong people are are more 
useful in general mm-hmm. and harder yeah. to kill. Yep. So, kill. I, so I love that. <laughs> so that was always my thing is like, if you're stronger, you're just better at most things and you're going to be a lot harder to kill. So what is your favorite strength training tool? You know, when, when people walk into gyms, one of the things that is frightening about gyms is we walk into a gym and, you know, especially gyms like yours at Oregon CrossFit and mine here will walk in and they'll see pull-up bars and bars and dumbbells and yokes and logs and kettlebells and they're like oh my gosh and (laughs) and all of these all of these things and they freak out and what I've kind of started telling people is you are the machine Mm -hmm. and we're going to use all of this stuff to facilitate a better working of that machine so uh, what's your favorite tool to train people with you get one tool, one oh, one dang, tool. To, to, uh, <laughs> I know, but you get one tool to maybe train people with. What would be your go-to tool? Uh, I think the the I think the the one I use it mostly in my training, just because it's so versatile, is uh, the barbell. I mean, there's just so many things you can do with it. If I had one choice for one implement, that would be the thing. Just because some of the other things, it's harder to to get as much variety in mm-hmm. and so there's you know a nearly infinite way a nearly infinite number of ways you can load it so you can do like power training speed training uh strength training bodybuilding uh endurance training you can do everything with it depending on how much weight you have on the bar and how you intend to move it so like moving it explosively moving it slow and controlled moving it heavy as you can go i think and there's just a nearly limitless way of moving too. So squats, deadlifts, different types of deadlifts, different types of squats. Like, what is your favorite movement from a strength standpoint to train? Uh, deadlifts. <laughs> <laughs> Partly because I'm good at them and they, they're also fun and they feel good. I don't know. They feel cool. It's, it's probably the most functional thing too because if you're going to do something like you normally have to pick it up from the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. there's very few times where you'll, you'll be squatting something like put the bar on your back. Cause like if you go out in the woods, you know, it's probably a, a fallen tree is probably going to mm-hmm. be it. Although it's not like <laughs> squatting only makes you better at squatting. Like squatting makes you better at deadlifting it, a variety of other things, Olympic lifts. But I think in terms of just day to day life, you know, you have to pick stuff up more than a lot of other things. So yeah. Um, you know, great, great cook who's a, a physical therapist and an amazing coach, I think. And I, I want to get this right. I think he said, you know, the squat is the most foundational movement. Yeah. But deadlifting is the most fundamental movement. And so uh, I think it's That's interesting. It, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting that you, you talk about it. And, and he says this. He says... I think squatting is good for everyone. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think everyone should squat because we have some limitations where in the deadlift, there are some things that you can do to put people in a great position mm-hmm. to deadlift and learn how to hinge yeah. and move a load off the ground in the safest, most effective manner. So uh, it's kind of interesting. And 
I know a lot about you watching your pictures and stuff and <laughs> what you do on Instagram. I was kind of a setup. I knew that deadlifting was going to be your go-to answer. I you should know. have thrown you off. I know you should have said you should have said bench press. <laughs> I know it's like when you got a 640 pound deadlift at 195 pounds. I'm like, I bet his answer is going to be deadlifting. <laughs> but you know, so no, that that's a that's a good one. Um, what do you know now as as a coach that you wish maybe you would have known? two to three years ago? Mm. Uh, I would say the the training methodology that I use, I wish I would have known more about it, like had a more complete like picture of it. Well, now, when you say your training methodology, what do you mean when you say um, your training methodology? What, what does that mean? Uh, the, the way that I implement strength training. So like the types of movements I do, doing a lot of variety, uh, doing the right types of things, I guess. Okay. Uh, I think before I was doing a lot of different stuff cause I was like just getting into like the conjugate method of, yep. of training, mm-hmm. which is like variation. Like that's probably the, the main thing with it is doing a variety of different things, but there are certain things that work for specific types of lifting or strength training mm-hmm. that don't work for others and i wish i would have seen that earlier because i spent a lot of time doing too much variation not focusing on things that that were actually going to build the stuff i wanted to get better at um so now what's kind of uh, do you have kind of a a, a go-to model in your mind it's like you know what um when i'm working with people i'm always going to kind of start here mm-hmm. and then i'll branch out is, is there a kind of a place where you kind of think i'm going to start here and then i'm going to work to the outside or how do you uh how do you lay it out is there a place that you kind of this is kind of base camp and then i'll go from here or is it always individualized based on what the people want or need um, in their training uh i always individualize it uh generally what i'll do is i'll get someone and then they'll like i don't really work too often with true beginners <laughs> mm-hmm. so it, i have the the luxury of like them knowing kind of where they're at yeah uh which kind of helps you identify like where they're strong and weak at yeah and so i make the program programs that people do around like how they move already so if they are weak off the floor with pulling or if they're weak out of the bottom on a squat or uh it's really hard for them off the chest on a bench press like i'll know where to start them with the both the warm-ups or with i should say the warm-ups that we do the types of main strength movements we do and then also their accessory movements that we do so i'll base the program from from there who have been your big influences um i uh, it was funny i was listening to a YouTube today um, with Seth Godin, and he he said something, and it kind of kind of threw me. So I'm I'm processing it into my mind because I I normally talk about coaches and mentors, and he kind of threw in this word hero. So I'm still playing it out. But um, who've been your who've been your go to influencers, if you will, in strength training? Like people that you've looked at and you went, wow. They've really got some things figured out and I like how they think about it. And you've kind of maybe have adopted some of their thought process on training. Uh, well, I'd say that the, the person that, that I liked watching that 
before he became like a really big, you know, internet star was Dmitry Klokov. Yeah. Just because he would go nuts whenever he'd hit a big lift. Like he'd get super jacked about it. This <laughs> is awesome watch. It was like the Hulk. You know, he's like, uh, he hits a lift, he screams and yells and beats his chest. <laughs> so, uh, him, but he would say that he was like a, a aspirational, like, yeah, hero, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, but then, like more along the lines of of how to do it was Louis Simmons mm-hmm. with conjugate, mm-hmm. and then it was like learning how to implement his system took a while. But there's really that's probably where most of my uh, influences for how I put together things have yes. come from. I mean, I've maybe changed a little bit of each movement, but I'd say the general idea is came. West is kind of a West Side thought process. Yeah, like I use bands for specific things. I don't use them as a primary thing. I'll use them to improve other things. So yeah. like, you know, they they focus a lot on on bands and chains as like a primary training tool. Yeah. Whereas I'll use it as a way, like I might warm up versus bands because mm-hmm. it makes the lifts afterwards way better. Uh, absolutely. When you, when you do it, it's cr- it's crazy. It's a really weird feeling after you do banded stuff and then do straight weight stuff. Oh. right afterwards i don't know if you've tried it but it's you know what I, I think i have done it but not you know through a whole entire cycle where i was intentional about it it was probably you know i would do something and then maybe go down to a 50 percent weight as a finisher and work against band tension mm-hmm. for speed work or on a speed day i would do it but not as a warm-up going into a big set so so thank you that's that's pretty cool what makes a good Strength coach, in your opinion, what makes a good coach? I'd say individualizing the stuff that you do and paying attention to what's going on. So, like, if you're really, uh, if you can see like how someone's moving and see and kind of guess what they're thinking in a way, like how they're thinking about moving their body, because like you can see movement patterns. And if they're, you can kind of almost tell if you've experienced it before how they're thinking about the movement. Hmm. And if you're thinking about it in a way that's not optimal, then you can kind of give them a new cueing, just cue them in a new way where they'll, they'll figure it out. Whereas that's the only way to really tell where their sticking point might be or where their weaknesses lie is if they're thinking about it wrong, it's going to look wrong and it's going to be like a, it won't give you the right information. Whereas if you give them the right way to think about it and then they do it. Mm-hmm. then you get real information of how to get them better. So would you better. say that, you know, one of the things that you're looking at when you say what makes a good strength coach is someone who is really observant and present and intentional in, in how they go about the coaching process. Exactly. Yeah. For okay. Sure. You yeah. know, and, and, and I know that that probably sounds like a no brainer. It probably like people listening to this would go, Duh, you know, <laughs> like, well, of course you should. Um, it's it's been something that's just kind of been on my mind for a while, and and you know, having a coach on the podcast, somebody who this is what they're doing day in and day out. I, I was really excited to hear your answer because I've been asking, you know, what what do you think are the essential elements of of a great coach? Because I think it's a word that we're throwing around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're thinking about it as intentionally as we 
probably should be thinking mm-hmm. about it. So the fact that you you hit on some things in my mind that are really when I go, yep, that checked a box for me. That checked a box for me. <laughs> I was kind of lining up with that. You know, I, I say one of the things that a coach should be doing every single session, every session, is assessing. Yeah, I'm constantly I'm constantly <laughs> assessing every session. I, I I'm working with a lady right now, and uh, she came in uh, two weeks ago, and she's gone through some things in her life. And when she walked in, she was just off. I could tell that she was just off emotionally. And I had all of this stuff written down. It's like, okay, we're going to do this today. We're going to do this today. We're going to do this today. You know, and I'm asking her, I'm like, how's your day going? And she's like, good. I'm like, you're lying. You're (laughs) lying to me. And uh, she just starts crying, you know, and and I'm just like, okay. So I'm like, okay, we're not doing any of that stuff. So changed it up. I think we pulled out the boxing gloves and, we, we hit bags and mitts for, you know, an hour. And when she left, she was like, that was like the best session ever. That's awesome. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but as a coach, I have to be in tune with that real time. And yes, I got my, I got my plan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I may have to deviate from my plan or I might have to inquire, how are you really thinking about this? Cause I'm watching something and I'm like, well, what are you thinking? So mm-hmm. I really, I really dug that answer, Christian. So, so thank you. Um, so I know you work with a lot of of athletes and and I think that there will be people that will listen into the podcast that you know maybe you and I are laughing about the conjugate method and we're talking to her like we might as well be talking like hieroglyphics. We might as well be reading a book on the genome, right? Because yeah. like the conjugate method doesn't make any sense to me. So if somebody's listening and maybe they don't care to have a three times body weight deadlift. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't care about the benefits of using a band to warm up and then how it's going to translate when they just kind of start pulling straight weight. But it's a person who is like, you know, uh, living life. Levi said, uh, you know, uh, Levi Marquardt we had on a podcast and his philosophy is harder to kill training. And, mm-hmm. and I asked him about harder to kill training. And he said something that has been resonating with me ever since that interview. And he said, training shouldn't take life away from you. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't. And I'm, and, and I just, that's just been ringing in my head ever since he said it. So somebody listening to the podcast who maybe says, you know, I don't care if I have a two times body weight deadlift. I, want to move without pain what would you say to them as far as strength training and and how strength training could benefit them in that endeavor just living life what what would you say to them well i'd I'd let them know that if they learn how to use their body better they're probably not going to experience as much pain and then a lot of times pain actually comes about from having a weakness in a structure or an area that that you're experiencing the pain in. So if you make it stronger, a lot of times it will go away. But I've seen that in a lot of people where they they come in and they're like, okay, my shoulders hurt or my knees hurt or my hips hurt, my low back hurts, you know, all these places that hurt. And then they start training and then they're just doing, I mean, they're, they're doing class. So, I mean, it's, it's enough for to be healthy, which is the intent behind it. And you know, in a while they'll be like, hey, I don't have any pain in these areas anymore. And it's most likely because they got stronger. 
Awesome. So, I mean, it, it's a, I mean, it teaches them how to move in their day-to-day life. It's not like you come in, get ready to lift a barbell. You're using that because you can load it differently depending on the person and you can load less or more depending on like how strong they are mm-hmm. and teach them how to pick something up, Absolutely. which is the actual idea behind it. It's yeah. how to pick something up without hurting yourself and using your body correctly, like using your hips mm-hmm. and your legs and all that when when we first opened as a gym i think that was one that was our tagline it's like we train for life and when people would come in i would say you know everything that you do in everyday life we're going to make you better at it Mm -hmm. in here and it's not just looking at this as a thing in and of itself but it's like how can i be better outside the gym based on everything that i do in the gym yeah, and that's the real idea behind coming to the gym. Like, you're <laughs> most people aren't in the gym to get better at gym stuff. Like, you know, a lot, some people do. Some people like that. I mean, I like that. I like the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people just want to get better at the rest of life. That in their the physical sense. That and you and you might be able to speak to this too. You know, because um, you're from a, a really awesome CrossFit gym uh, here in Central Oregon. I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, we're seeing right now, especially in terms of physical culture, is we're seeing more of the proliferation of competition. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot of competition. So I think for a lot of people, when they walk into micro gyms like ours, one of the things that right away, they're like, eh, I just don't want anything to do with competition because <laughs> they think that that's what we're all all trying to do. But if on the front end of that, we're saying, well, no, if you find that you might like to do that, great, but we just want to help you be better at life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's why why we're here. So so that's pretty cool. Uh, this is kind of the part where we, we talk about some of the, um, you know, what, what Christian might be reading, but we, we got that in the first part of the podcast. You're reading a book on the gene, the human genome, which amongst up. others, I mean, that's I know. I'm just, I'm just picking <laughs> on your brother. I'm just thinking of all, all the light reading stuff that we could have. It's like I'm reading the human genome book. Um, I'm going to ask you this: What are you curious about right now? Is there, is there anything other than the genome? Because I know you're curious about that. Is there anything else, whether it's training or just the world in general, that Christians like? I wonder about that, and I'm I'm just kind of curious about it. Anything that Christian's curious about right now? Well, kind of what brought that that about that book about is like learning about. This is kind of like a, a rabbit hole I went down, no, uh, but it was like learning about how neurotransmitters, like your dominant neurotransmitter profile, uh, affects the way that you kind of live life and who you hang out with and who you uh, choose to partner with. Uh, and so I got into that and I've kind of had like these theories about how it affects other parts of your life too, like having those, those pieces. I just get in on, in on these questions that I'll, I'll come up with when I'll read stuff like, does your, okay. So the, the neurotransmitter thing was about who you partner with is how I got into it. Like who you'll likely like, like based on what their profile is. So Mm -hmm. it could be the opposites like uh, testosterone and estrogen Mm -hmm. dominant people pair uh, inversely Hmm. or oppositely. So like if someone has a high estrogen, they'll probably pair it with someone with high testosterone. Oh, interesting. So 
that's like a very basic mm-hmm. understanding of it. But I started wondering, like, maybe if you, your friends, like your best friends probably have a similar profile to you, whereas your partner might have the opposite. Because mm. I started thinking about who my friends were, how they acted, what their profiles might be. And these are guesses. These are theories that I've had. I haven't like tested it out or anything, but yeah. You know what? I'm I'm actually reading another, I'm reading a book and it's funny that you kind of mentioned some of those things uh, because I'm reading a book on conflict communication. What's that? Uh, It's called, it's actually called ConCom. ConCom. It's it's on conflict communication because I'm I'm doing a lot of study on on violence because I present in some circles, you know, with you know, law enforcement, military and groups on, on some things. So I'm reading this book and the guy's kind of talking about the monkey brain and the lizard brain mm-hmm. and, you know, why we will do things so that we remain parts of some groups and why some people have a difficult time being part of any group. And mm-hmm. and so a lot of that is, is kind of a, a really interesting exploration that, you know, some of it's psychology, but some of it's biology. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're so attracted. together. Yeah. All of that stuff kind of works together. So, um, that, that's pretty cool. Are you training for anything right now? Is, is Christian got something out there that you're, you know, you're going into the gym every day. Is there anything that you're pushing yourself? Uh, because you're like, Hey, I got this, this big goal out there that I'm chasing anything that Christian's chasing right now. I just kind of come up with like crazy ideas, just something to keep me interested. A lot of times they don't really, I mean, they have meaning, but it's more or less to see, see what's possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess right now I think it would be pretty cool because it's not something that's traditionally paired together uh, to do 600 pound deadlift, uh, 60 inch box jump, and then a sub six minute mile same day maybe within the six minute time period right Just, <laughs> I, think, I think it's doable <laughs> it sounds... I, I, you you know why <laughs> you know why people aren't putting those together because most people don't have 600 pound deadlifts and the ones that do have 600 pound deadlifts don't do miles in six minutes. Well, that's the thing. I know people that can do two, but not all three. So, okay, that's so I pretty see, I want to see if it's something that's, that's doable. Uh, you know what? I want you to, when you when you finish your experiment, I'd love to have you back on to talk about, you know, what you went through to kind of prep for that. Because I think that would be an in- interesting exploration. And, and, and it's funny. I, I joke about it because um, next year I turn 50. Oh yeah, nice. so right. so I got some some big goals, uh, some things that I'm chasing at 50, and people are like, "All right, I don't like when people use age as a thing that keeps them from attempting to be the best versions of themselves." Oh yeah, I, I can't. St- I, I'm not. I'm, I guess I, most people that that use that are older than I am. Right. But like when I hear that, I'm like, man, I hope I'm not saying that. When I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm your age. So so at you know so at fifty. So so at fifty, I want people to go. Oh, all right, good for you, man. But it's like, yeah, just go get it. So so that's kind of what I'm playing with. Last question, Christian. Somebody that is is, is looking to get started. Uh, training and exercising. What uh, what advice would you give somebody that 
is currently maybe not exercising, not training, um, but they know they, they need to start or they want to start, what kind of advice would you give them on, you know, how to start and how to start well? Uh, I would say to, this is not how I did it. That's why I'm saying it. Uh, <laughs> to find a coach that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I, I guess whatever the, the best that you could afford that's around you, or maybe that's not that you have to travel to, uh, and then learn how to do stuff correctly. Uh, because bad habits are extremely hard to unlearn. Mm-hmm. Like I, I taught myself how to do, uh, cleans and no one corrected me about it i didn't know what i was doing and i am i I have a a bad habit with it that i just almost can't get rid of Mm -hmm. and i almost don't do them because of that but it's all right i'm not upset about it because i don't plan on competing in weightlifting but if i wanted to compete in weightlifting you'd have to fix that that problem yeah i'd have to fix it to to do stuff as best possible so you don't want to have something that's like preventing you from doing something you want to do because you learned how to do it wrong. So you did it yourself. That's great. Great, great piece of advice. Christian, where can people connect with you? So if somebody is looking for uh, a coach or uh, they want to know more about what you do, how can we connect with you a little bit better? Uh, Stricker strength on Instagram, S T R I C K E R strength. And then that has my email on it. Uh, pretty much any way to contact me is on there. Uh, that's probably the easiest to remember too. And I'm also at Oregon CrossFit. So that's awesome, Christian. Uh, I say it to everybody, man. It, it has been a pleasure to spend a little bit more time with you, getting to know you even better. And strength and love to you, my friend. And thanks for spending time with us today. And we look forward to seeing what you do in the future. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening in. Uh, Christian's a neat guy. He's got a really cool approach to training. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, I go to it and I'm always amazed at the things that he does on there. Um, And I think you can learn a lot from this guy. So thanks for your time today, my friend. And uh, have fun coaching class today. Yeah, should be fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's awesome. I always love coming down here talking and seeing you. Thanks, brother. All right, man. Until we meet again. Are you listening? Damn.